Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Today's podcast is the Q&A that followed the message on James 5, 13-20, and there were nine questions. Number one, is there a difference between acknowledging God in every circumstance and praying without ceasing? Number two, when we pray for God to reveal his will, is that referring to his will of desire or to his plan? Number three, why is it that sometimes you pray about an anxiety and when you're done, you have even more anxiety than when you started? Number four, you said we should pray for things we desire. But James 4 says it's wrong to pray and spend what you get on your desires. So how do you reconcile that? Number five, what should you do if your prayers keep you from being able to sleep at night? Number six, how do you handle it when God says no to your prayers? Number seven, if prayer is pouring out your heart to God, how can you pray when bad things are in your heart? And number eight, Is it okay to ask God to exempt you from the natural consequences of your sin? And number nine, how do you maintain perseverance in prayer when you pray for something you know is God's will, but it doesn't happen? Okay, is there a difference between acknowledging God in in every circumstance and actually being praying without ceasing and being in communion with God through the day, walking with God? It's a good question. I think there can be a difference. Um, and I think the biggest difference is one is thinking about God and the other one is paying attention to God. For me, at least, this is how it shakes out. For me, I can very easily fall into a lot of third-person kind of theology. God is this. This is true of that. This is true. The Bible says this about that. says this about that. I know this is true. And God said that. And I know what God is doing. And, and, and God's like, I'm right here. You know when you're talking about somebody and then they're right there? Uh, I'm right here. You can just, you know, talk to me. And, and I do that. I'll, I'll, I'll think about God without paying attention to him. And um, sometimes I can feel that shift. I can feel thinking about God, thinking about All of a sudden, oh, God. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, so when I say the word will in that context, I actually mean desire. But, but, but that's a good point. When we're, when we're thinking in terms of God's will, you know, there's n- numerous different ways God, the word will is used in Scripture, sometimes for a plan, sometimes for a desire, and, and some other things too, so, so, uh, um, or a decision. So I'm thinking in terms of desire. So when I'm thinking about doing God's will, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to do this because I have to. God said to do it, and I have to, so I'm going to do it. I don't want to think that. I want to think, I want this because this is what God likes. I love God, he likes that, I want that then. I want to be on the same page with God's affections. So yeah, you can fill in all that stuff I was saying about will, go ahead and fill in desire, because you're right, that's the intimacy part of it. Other than just, here's my rules, it's like, here's my my leader, the treasure of my life going that way, I want to go that way. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point too. So when I said uh, it shouldn't just be well, I'm doing this because I have to, I, I should want to. It shouldn't just be that, but it is that, right? If God wills something, what His desire is really literally our command, and so we are we are obligated to do what's right, 
regardless of how we feel. So the way I the way I think about it is, if I'm sitting at home, I'm on the couch, I'm comfortable, you know, just relaxing with my family, and I'm tired, and it's late, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and somebody's in the ER, and it's a crisis, and they need someone to pray with them. And my flesh is saying, I don't want to do that. I want to watch the game. I want to stay on the couch. I don't want to go anywhere. What should I do? Some people will say, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I've got to follow my feelings, and I'll just stay home. No, no. I need to, I, if, if I know God wants me to do it, I must do it. So I get in the car, out of sheer obedience, I get in the car, and I'm driving there. But don't leave it there with just sheer obedience. Because I've got, from the time I leave my driveway to the time I pull into that hospital parking lot, to get my affections on board. And so I need to preach with myself the whole drive to say, Daryl, what are you thinking? Serving God, doing something that's pleasing to Him, He being the one that He laid His hands on your shoulder and said, "You, I want you to be the the one that's going to care for this broken child of mine and 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 bring grace to that." That's a high holy privilege. That's huge. That's that's cause for rejoicing if God lets you be the one to do that. So that by the time I walk into that hospital room, there's nowhere else I'd rather be in my heart. So if you, if your heart isn't into it, still do it. You don't want to, if your heart's not there, that's one sin. If you don't do it, that's another sin. You don't want to commit another sin. So if your heart's not there, still do it, but don't be content to leave your heart cold. Get it on board. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same thing in a marriage. If if you don't feel like being kind to your spouse, do you say, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I guess I have to be mean. No, no. Go ahead and be kind, but don't be content with just bringing flowers, just being kind when your heart is dead. Do something to get the passion going again. Really interesting. Okay, so the comment there. Sometimes uh, you pray for something and you have a lot of anxiety because it's, it's troubling. And then as you pray about it, your anxiety starts working up more. There's, there's, let me say just a quick few things about that. Boy, there's so much. That's a whole sermon. Well, the first thing to watch out for is the James 4 type praying, where... I'm praying for relief. I must have relief in order to be happy. And I'm praying, and I'm, i got anxiety while I'm praying because I'm thinking God might not give me what I need to be happy. And I've got my happiness connected to the wrong thing. So that's one possibility. But then another thing is Philippians 4 gives us a remedy for that. And it says, uh, when you're anxious, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, lay your pray, prayers and, and petitions before God with thanksgiving. And that's something, when, we're, when you're really anxious, put lots of thank, thankfulness in your prayers. God, thank you for whatever you're going to do in response to this prayer, however you're going to answer this prayer. I'm praying, uh, Lord, relief, please. And, and if your answer is, uh, right now, actually, more pain. Thank you. If that's what it's going to be, God, thank you. Because you, what you say is best. What you will is best. Whatever you desire is most important. That's what, whatever you want, that's what I want. And so if you say that's best... I know you'll give me the grace. Thank you that you're going to do what's best. So lots of thanksgiving. And then the third thing is, and this is something I've just been learning recently in this study, asking God. And sometimes you ask God, God, my shoulder's killing me. It's not getting better. My body's falling apart. What's happening here? Before I pray, God, how do you want me to pray? And you pray that for a while and you get a sense do I mainly need to be focusing on praying for perseverance right now? Or do I mainly need to be focusing on praying for healing because that's what God has in mind? Or do I mainly need to be focusing on praying for stronger faith? It's fine to pray for all of it. But sometimes God will give you a sense of which direction he wants you to go and you can really pour yourself into that and then he'll do it. You know. 
Oh, are you talking about the the chapter James four pleasures where it's the wrong kind of praying for pleasures? Oh, okay. So James four says, "Don't pray that you can spend what you get on your pleasures." And then I said, "Prayer is all about desire. What's the difference?" Okay, excellent question. Here's what I would say: the James four pleasures or desires. Actually, the word there is desires, not pleasures. The NIV translates it wrong, but um, but. The James 4 kind is a particular kind of desire and pleasure where you are, you have an attitude where I, I must have that thing or that circumstance or that relationship in order for me to have joy and happiness. So now I've turned it into an idol because that's only God. We should only say that about God. So I'm, that's my, my well I'm drawing from. That's the water I'm trying to drink to satisfy the thirst of my soul and it's an empty cistern. And so that's where we go wrong. What I need to do is not say, well, don't desire anything. What I need to do is say, how can I desire God through my experience of this thing? So I really want a new car because mine keeps breaking down every time I go somewhere. And I just, I just, man, I wish I could have a new car. Or I want healing. Or I want something like that. So what I do is I say, God, I don't have to have this thing in order to be happy. All I have to have in order to be happy is you. But if you would grant this thing, Teach me how to enjoy your love through that gift. And if you can enjoy God's love through a gift, you just make that gift holy. If you enjoy the gift instead of God's love, that's idolatry. So that's the James 4 kind. This is the right kind. Does that make sense? Okay. Right. If it's possible, let this happen. But if not, your will. I want your will more than I want my will because it's better. But... If you could make it, if you could fit it into your will, excellent. You know, that's, that's, that's the way we pray. That's the way we pray. Yeah, so what she said is she, she prays at night and she gets so worked up in prayer that she can't sleep. Oh, if, if I could have that problem. That is a wonderful, wonderful gift. I would say, Sherry, that it sounds like you might be praying morning prayers at night. And, and, and you know, it's okay to pray and sometimes I'll like to have a, my whole prayer time where I don't ask for a single thing. I just contemplate God and talk to Him about His goodness. That's all I do. I just consider His goodness. I consider His faithfulness. I go back through the day. I'm not looking ahead because that's for tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. I'm looking back over the past day and I'm just recounting God's faithfulness. And then I'll look back over the past year and recount big things of faithfulness. And then my whole life. And then history. And then ancient times in Scripture. Mighty things he did in Scripture. And I'll just consider what God is like. And I'll let that put my heart at rest for whatever I'm going to be asking him for tomorrow morning. So, I don't know, maybe that'll help you. Yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're praying for healing, for example, and you say, God, please grant it, and then he doesn't, how do you understand that? Here's what I've done my whole life with, with that, is I've always prayed, God, you know, I, Philippians 4 says, pray with thanksgiving. So I'll say, God, I've got this disease. I want healing. I want relief. P- please grant that. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, because whatever you have planned, that's what I want more than anything. So if you want me to not be healed, that's, that's what I want. I want any part of healing if that's the case. And I thank you that that's what's best. So I've always prayed that. You know, if it's your will, you know, if it's what you want, then do it. Uh, otherwise, I'm glad you're going to do what you're going to do. But as we go farther in this passage, we're going to find, I think, that there's more than that. There's more. And um, I would really appreciate your prayers for me this week. Because... 
For one thing, I'm going to be at a conference until Thursday. And while I'm there, I'm going to be studying this next passage and this most difficult passage in the whole book of James. And it's important because I'm considering changing a theological view that I've held all my life, uh, adopting, adopting a new view, which doesn't happen very often anymore for me, but that's where I'm leaning right now. But I want to be obviously really, really sure before I preach this new thing that's different from what I've preached before. Uh, so I would really appreciate if you would pray for me this week. I could somehow go to this conference and make heads or tails out of all the difficult Greek and know for sure what if this doctrine is right. But I'll just give you a little hint of what it has to do. It has to do with praying for God to reveal his will so I'll know the right direction to pray when I'm praying for healing, whether it should be mainly about praying for strength or mainly about praying for healing, you know. Um, but the whole rest of this, I mean, the next several verses are all about praying for healing. So we'll get to that in some detail. So, so there's one where I didn't answer anything, but I raised a million questions. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. So First Peter 5, 7 says, if I'm not living with my wife in an understanding way, that's going to hinder my prayers. And so I'm mad at my wife. So I was like, oh, I need to pour out what's in my heart to God. And with oh, I can't because that's going to hinder my prayers. So now I can't even pray. Yeah, the solution to that is repent and pray. <laughs> repent of that sin and then pour out whatever is in your heart because then your prayers aren't hindered anymore as soon as you repent, right? So. Um, I actually have a question about that. Yeah, well, that gets into a lot of what I was going to, what I've been um, thinking about this, this change that I'm making in my thinking. But, but uh, one part of that that I'll comment on now, if, I, if, you, it's okay to pray and ask God to exempt you from the consequences of your sin that you should receive. So if a guy looks at pornography and then sets it down and then he repents and he says, please God, take those images out of my mind. Well, the natural consequences of looking at images is they're going to be in your mind. And so that's, that's just a natural consequence. If you pray and ask God to, to trump that natural consequence and go ahead and just deliver you from that, he might. And he might not, depending on what his purposes are and what he's going to take you through. But it's appropriate to ask God to be relieved from the consequences that you should receive. Unless he's made it clear, I'm for sure doing this, I've already done it, then you know that, okay, I need to bear these consequences. But you see, whenever you see, like David in in Psalm 51, just crying out to God for mercy what is he asking for he's asking for god to exempt him from further consequences i think there's lots of examples of that in scripture so it's okay for one of your kids to come to you and say dad can i not get a spanking this time and just see what you say (laughs) maybe you'll say yes you know Maybe you won't, and and if you don't, that's you know they need to trust that you you know what you're doing. If they say yes, sometimes that's what God does too. So, I think it's okay to do that, right? So, what happens when you pray for something you know for sure it's His will, but it doesn't happen for so long? How do you maintain uh, perseverance in prayer? Um, we need to distinguish between the different aspects of the way that the word will can be used. Sometimes it means God's plan or decision. Other times it means God's desire. And there's some things that God has planned to do that are different than what he desires. So God desires that everybody be saved, right? But that's not in his plan. It's not going to happen. 
when I'm suffering, he desires to give me relief right there on the spot. But that might not be his plan because that might not be what's best. And so when I, I know for sure it's God's desire for something to happen, but I don't know if it's in his plan yet for it to happen right now. And so when we say, nevertheless, your will be done, part of what we're saying is, I want your plan. Your plan is perfect. And the unfolding of it in time is just right. And I want that more than I want my own ideas. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.